of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to complete actions in the real world that board games simulate. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about real-world jobs as games. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, like Carte Rouge and Choose Your Own Adventure House of Danger. Then, we talk about board games that attempt to simulate real-world jobs and which ones we think do it best. And now, here are your hosts, Andy and Crystal. Right before we hop into the main episode, we wanted to give a huge thank you to those of you who joined us this past weekend for our Extra Life Streamathon weekend. We streamed basically all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And Abby, how much money did we raise for Extra Life? $2,010, I think. Yes! Yeah. More than amazing. Two- Our goal for the entire weekend was $1,000, and we honestly weren't sure if we would be able to hit that, and we doubled that goal because of you all, Um, and honestly, it's not just the people who donated. We had so many lovely friends hanging out in the chat, participating in all of the games, and just making the whole weekend a lovely experience. I did say during one of the streams that I was going to continue the game I was playing uh, on a future stream, but I'm going to talk about that here in just a few minutes so you all will hear about that more in a minute but we did want to give a big thank you to everyone who donated and hung out with us during the streamathon it was an absolute blast yep recently i got a review copy of carte rouge which is not a board game it's a deck of cards that's a puzzle so Carte Rouge is published by the Enigma Emporium, which I've mentioned before. They made postcard puzzles that I've reviewed called Wish You Were Here. And Carte Rouge isn't the same thing, but <laughs> but it's also puzzles in cards. It's like hidden in cards. So like the deck of cards looks like a normal deck of cards, but it has all these fancy ciphers on the face cards. So if you look at one of the jacks or something, like on the border, it has a bunch of letters and numbers and then like a different jack has a bunch of symbols on the border and then like on on his clothes it it has other symbols and stuff so you decode all these ciphers and it it says things if you figure out what it what how to decode it the deck of cards itself is fine quality i if i'm gonna play a card game like it seems like it'll shuffle well and stuff i didn't actually try playing too much but i think i would prefer bicycle cards for actually playing a card game because like those shuffle really well and handle nicely but this one i'm a a copac girl uh (laughs) cards are my fave the plastic ones Ooh, Mm. i love those (laughs) yeah so so if you just want a deck of cards don't buy this because this is mainly for the puzzle um it's also a lot more expensive than a normal deck of cards but like in this deck of cards there's like a whole story with lots of intrigue with just the deck of cards and just decoding each puzzle as you go. And there's a whole story that I'm not going to tell you because of spoilers, but I really enjoyed going through it. And I think last time I talked about one of the Enigma Emporium things, I might have not liked manual decoding that much because I was more impatient back then, (laughs) I think. But... It wasn't that long ago, but now, now, uh, in, in my in life, COVID times, time it goes by <laughs> in a very weird way. Yeah, but then also now in my life with uh, babies, 
it, I enjoyed like the meditative and relaxing experience of manually decoding things. Like if you find the alphabet, right. And then you're like decoding each letter one at a time, it's, it's manual work. And if you're impatient, it, it might be boring, but like I was actually enjoying it. It was more relaxing. And then it was neat seeing the messages come up letter by letter. Cause then I would see like, Oh, it's this word. And then what's next. And I could kind of guess what the word was going to be. <laughs> so I liked that this time, but, um, so carte rouge, maybe the total time it took was maybe like four hours continuous if you don't get stuck, but I did it over multiple days. And I also kind of used the hint system online for a couple of them. On their website, there's a hint system that's broken out into the different cards and different sections of the cards. And there's five hints plus the solution for each puzzle. So you can get a couple of hints if you're stuck and you don't have to see the solution right away. So it's a good hidden system. And one other thing is that you need the internet in order to finish this puzzle. Also for the hints, if you want the hints, you'll need the internet. But but some things use the internet. So if you want something that doesn't use internet at all, then this is not the puzzle. But it, it combines the deck of cards and some internet. And it has a really cool story. <laughs> so that's Carte Rouge by the Enigma Emporium. Awesome. Well... The game that I'm talking about also technically contains spoilers, so that's an interesting little similarity between our two games today, and that is the Choose Your Own Adventure House of Danger game. So I think most people, when they were kids, had at least one encounter with a Choose Your Own Adventure book. These were the books that had kind of fantastical and, like, unrealistic stories <laughs> where you would flip to a specific page and then choose something at the bottom. And based on which choice you made, it would tell you what other page in the book to go to. So the story was completely out of order in the book itself. And everybody did the thing where they like held their fingers in multiple sections of the book. So you could go back when you accidentally died and keep trying. Well, our friends over at the Prospero Hall Design Group two years ago in 2018 put out a board game from Z-Man Games based on those books. And I actually played this during our streamathon this past weekend with the chat. So unlike a lot of games where you get to you have agency and you get to make your own choices, I made basically no choices in this game. Chat chose every <laughs> single decision that came up. So in Choose Your Own Adventure, it is literally a story-based game where you are going through the story, making different decisions, facing challenges that involve dice rolling, and then seeing what happens. It's a lot of reading, um, which is fine for me. Um, and it is incredibly silly, and it evokes those books in a very dynamic way. I cannot tell you, obviously, the details of the story. We had some very funny moments. If you do not care about spoilers, you could actually go over to our Twitch channel and watch last weekend's stream of the game, and you could see what happened. We got to play through three of the five chapters during the stream. I'm going to play the last two chapters in an upcoming stream, so if you want to play along, you can do that with me soon, and I'll be posting on social media when that happens. But the cool thing that I figured out how to do that I, I was really kind of proud of, is I wanted the chat to control everything. And a lot of the die rolls in the game are just, you roll a single die, and based on the result, you either succeed or fail. And I didn't want my dice rolling to be the thing that decided those moments, like purely. So what I did is I would put up a poll in the chat and have chat vote on 
a die roll result. So I rolled each die three times and chat in advance of me rolling had to decide whether it was the first, second or third result that stuck. So I always rolled the die three times and chat decided which one was the one that we would use. And so they had all the agency and it was super fun. And chat picked the a one failing roll more times than should have been logically possible, like wow. based on odds. Um, but it made for some hilarious moments. And we died five times in the first three chapters. Needless to say, this one did come out in 2018, and I've owned it since then. This is the first time I'm actually playing through the whole thing. It is a blast. I love it so much, and I desperately want to get the other game. Uh, it's, I think, War with the Power Master is what it's called, I believe. Um, they've released a second Choose Your Own Adventure board game, and after playing this one, I definitely want to get the second one. I'm really excited to see the end of the story and to try the other one. Ambie, you and I actually played through the first chapter of this together when we were working the library on the Dice Tower Cruise in 2019. Did you ever get to continue the game? I did not. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, I don't even remember what happened in the first chapter. I didn't either. And that was what was funny. I told them, I was like, technically, I've played the first chapter, but I remember none of it. And that was true. Like, it wasn't even one of those moments where you flip over a card and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Because you and I probably made entirely different decisions when we played through it. So nothing really struck me as familiar. But... It was really fun. Highly recommend. This one was great, especially if you have like a small family and you want to play a game cooperatively mm -hmm. together. I think this is a great one. It involves reading and storytelling silliness. Um, so, yep, it gets two thumbs up from me. Cool. For our thematic discussion this week, we are going to talk about board games that attempt to mimic real life jobs, which honestly, when we kind of settled on this as a topic, I didn't think I would be able to think of that many games that fell within this category. And holy cow, there are so many. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, because obviously I think a lot of people think of board games in general, and you think of like fantasy and sci-fi and other things that are kind of your es an escape from reality, but there are a ton of board games that mimic reality to some degree and specifically yeah. different professions that people have. Yeah, but I guess for most people, they don't have that profession, so it's escaping their own reality. <laughs> That's true. But, but yeah, one that immediately came to my mind is that there's a bunch of farming games and farming is a job. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how realistic the games are but there's a bunch with that theme <laughs> i know it's an interesting thing because when you're trying to represent manual labor within a board mm -hmm. game obviously you're not going to be able to mimic those aspects of it mm -hmm. but the like logistical aspects of farming i would imagine there are some games that probably mimic that to some degree yeah maybe <laughs> i've never been a farmer so I, I've been on a lot of farms because I grew up in Missouri and Iowa, so I, I'm familiar with farming. I, I have been around barnyard animals, but yeah, I, I've never been a farmer either, so. Yeah. I guess my grandpa was a farmer, but I don't I don't know much about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think with a lot of the jobs, it's, it's more of the logistic sides in board games because there's a lot of, like, economic and logistic board games, so... When they're themed around a specific job, it's more like the logistics of it, like Kanban and Pret-a-Porter. Those are Euro games that are based on 
like Kanban is based on the efficiency of making a car in a factory. So you're like the manager overseeing it. And Pret-a-Porter is you're, you're a fashion designer or a fashion, you're making fashion designs and then getting them ready for a fashion show. So realistically, it'd be a lot of people working on this, not just like one job, probably you're, you're overseeing, maybe you're like the boss <laughs> overseeing everything. That's a good point. You, I think you mentioned this a little bit before we were streaming too. It's a lot in a lot of these games, you're managing a team of people who fall mm-hmm. within a specific profession rather than a single person within a profession. Yeah. Although there are games like Pandemic where mm-hmm. it it does mimic a real world scenario, albeit you know on a much abstracted scale. Yeah. Um, but you have a specific role within a team and you are just that person. You have to work with the other people and the cooperative nature of pandemic feels really not realistic per se, again, because you're, you know, you're jet setting all over the world back and forth constantly, <laughs> which would be very difficult, obviously, in a real world pandemic as we are probably seeing in the world right now. But, you know, you have a specific skill set and you use those skills to help others. And that is what would happen in those types of situations. Yeah, and one that's similar to that, that's on a smaller scale, so it seems more like an actual job, is Flashpoint Fire Rescue, where you're firefighters in a house and each person is their own firefighter and they have their own role and you're, like, moving around the house, putting out the fires. So, that yeah, that one, it's more you are that specific role. And it, I think Flashpoint does some interesting things that, and again, for the record, we're speaking about these things. I obvi- We obviously do not know all of the intricacies of any a lot of these professions. So we're, <laughs> we're making some speculations and generalizations here. Um, and I don't want to delegitimize the seriousness or the intensity or how difficult some of these professions yeah. are. Um, so just know that going in. But I think like Flashpoint Fire Rescue, for instance, you're going into a burning building and you need to rescue either people or pets from that building, but you don't know who is where. And that mm-hmm. feels realistic. You wouldn't know that there's a woman in the corner and a cat in the other corner. You would just know, oh, I can see or hear someone crying for help. I need to go to them. And then you theoretically flip the token, see who it is and take them out. Or maybe you heard something squealing oh, it wasn't a person, it was the radiator or whatever, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I think it does a good job of kind of creating that tension with the fires that keep popping up. It does that that tension is not present in a lot of board games. And that one does a really good job of kind Mm of showcasing the theme. Yeah. Another genre of games that falls within this category that I think also kind of is able to mimic the real world feel of its subject matter to some degree are cooking and food related games. So there's a lot of pressure and tension related to, for instance, being like a short order cook or working in a restaurant and a game like Kitchen Rush with its timer mechanism gives you that sense of urgency that would exist in a real kitchen if you were preparing dishes. Like, things will burn if you leave them there too long and you (laughs) have to wait for them to be done. Honestly, similarly to the McDonald's game. I know y'all know I love to talk about that game, but if you are working in a fast food restaurant, you need to prepare meals quickly and accurately and get them out the door. And that is what the McDonald's game has you doing. Yeah, and then... Didn't you, I don't know if it was like a house rule that you added on where you have an order and then they say like, no, wait, scratch out that or something. No, that's not or a that, house that, rule. That's, that's a in, part that's of it? That's in okay. the actual game. 
Oh, you just added like super hard ones, right? <laughs> we, we made some new order cards just because the game doesn't come with that many. So we oh, okay. made more just to like supplement. So because otherwise, if you played the game enough, you would eventually remember. Oh, okay, okay. And we wanted to make sure it was a little harder to remember which orders were which. But yeah, no, like yeah. in like in a fast food restaurant, people change their mind when they're creating their <laughs> yeah. order. And McDonald's game mim- mimics that too. <laughs> super thematic. I mean, it is. That's what's yeah. funny is people are like a McDonald's themed board game from the 70s. Yeah, that's good. Like, no, it is good. Yeah. Another category of games that is modeled after a profession is detective games. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, detective is a profession. <laughs> and there's a lot of those where you're like trying to solve a case like Chronicles of Crime or Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Um, I'm not sure like how close they are to being a detective but like it does feel like you're investigating things in some of them like I, there's also detective i guess <laughs> detective uh, from portal games that and chronicles of crime both came out around the same time and are both like very detective feeling because you're going around doing different things and investigating stuff and yeah i, I like that yeah those games definitely at least they mimic what we think detective work yeah. is like. So they that's mimic an the movies. <laughs> yes, that's an interesting point of comparison here, is there are certain professions that I think a lot of us have, we, th- we think things about them like... based on the media we've previously consumed. So like, yeah. yeah, when we have a detective style board game that mimics what we see in like detective TV shows or movies, that makes sense. I would imagine that, that there are other professions maybe on our list of kind of ideas here that this also falls within. Is like, mm-hmm. does it actually mimic the profession or does it mimic the idea of what the general public thinks the profession is? Yeah. Probably more the idea. Because... Honestly. Like yeah. even, I mean, in theory, going back to Flashpoint Fire Rescue, I have heard from people I knew who either knew firefighters or were firefighters that like, a lot of a firefighter's job is kind of just sitting around and waiting. Like they just have to be ready in case something happens. Or I've heard, you know, like, oh, well, we need to go rescue a cat out of a tree. Like that kind of stuff happens too. And these types of games do not mimic those less exciting Mm -hmm. uh, moments from these professions. Like a detective is also doing a lot of paperwork and you don't get to do that in a board game. (laughs) Yeah. So if your job were a game, like which part would be like the game part? That's actually really fascinating. I bet, like, I honestly believe that, like, any profession, there's probably a part of it that would be worth making a board game about. But I'm going to make a statement here. I think that there is no profession that would be worth making a board game about every aspect of it. Because every job has some boring parts. (laughs) Yeah, otherwise you just do that job instead of playing the board game. <laughs> yeah. Are there any lawyer-themed board games? Oh, there's there was one that came out recently called Lawyer Up. Or there was a Kickstarter or something. Oh, really? I think, yeah. I don't know. Because that seems but, like yeah. a really interesting concept for a board game. Especially, like, if you've got some people who used to be in debate club in high school, <laughs> like, get them a yeah. lawyer-themed board game, for goodness sake. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of, like, uh, Salesmen. <laughs> that, oh, there's yeah. more games on that like snake oil <laughs> snake oil or but wait there's more yeah like yeah like channel your inner billy maze kind of board games <laughs> those are fun <laughs> i was trying to think of other games that didn't fall within the categories that we'd like already kind of named and mm-hmm. the, the one i came up with that surprised me the most was let's make a bus route because you're a bus driver 
And you're trying to plan your route and, like, make it the most efficient and also the most, like, rewarding. Mm -hmm. Like, technically, that's mimicking a profession. And I'm going to stand by that, that uh, you're, you get to, you're, we should now uh, role play as bus drivers next time we play that game. (gasps) Is there an online version of Let's Make a Bus Route that we can all simultaneously draw on? And if there isn't, can we make one? Because now that I put this idea in my head, I desperately want it. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so what about like drop mix? Is that mimicking being a DJ? Oh, I guess maybe. When we brought up this topic, I was thinking it was going to be slightly less interesting of a group of games, but the more I dug uh-huh. into this and kind of like thought of things, I was like, there's a lot of theoretical profession based games that are very interesting that I think most people would not immediately throw into this category. Yeah. And with drop mix, it's more, that seems more like mimicking being a DJ than other games are mimicking jobs because you're like actually putting down the different musics. Yeah, you're actively mixing a track. Yeah, Yeah. so that's neat. There are a lot of other categories that I considered that we could, I mean, we could wax poetic about anything for forever. (laughs) Um, Some stuff I wrote down, I think some war games, especially if you're working as a general, might fit into this category. Do pirate games count here? Is is being a pirate a profession? Because I would say pirates say yes, but I don't know. Well, is it a, well, are we talking about modern professions or like... Old time. I mean, I'm talking like more old timey pirates. Modern day pirates are a thing that I don't like. It's not good. But like old timey pirates, maybe. But but yeah, if we go into old time professions, then there's like industrialist, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Okay, so what about sports games? So a lot of sports games, you're like the manager of the team, right? So once again, you're a manager, but maybe there are some where you're just like a player. Well, then, I mean, managers of teams yeah. are also, that's a yeah, job yeah, too. Yeah, that's a job. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, in the networks, you're running a TV station. You had that on your yeah. list and so did I. Mm-hmm. Basically, there's just a lot of cool games that attempt to mimic real world jobs. And I yeah. would love to hear from our listeners if there are any like big obvious ones that we didn't mention. Uh, we had a bunch more on our list that yeah. we don't have time to get into. But I think this is an interesting topic and I would love to hear from you all what your favorite games are that are, are trying to mimic a job, whether they're doing it well or not. Yeah. Or what jobs you think would make really cool games and yes, how that would work. What, what job <laughs> doesn't have a board game yet that should? Yes. I would love to hear that. One that I was thinking of recently was parenting. Because <laughs> it would be a real-time cooperative game where how? you're trying to, like... There has to be, right? Like, are there I don't not? know. But, but Toby and I used to talk about this a lot when we were up at night feeding our babies <laughs> there's not uh, there's a card game an old card game it's like the evil orphanage card game or oh, gosh i don't remember i might have the name wrong but you're literally i think that like it's not a great game for the record if i remember correctly <laughs> i don't think i ever played it but it was like you're literally taking care of babies that are going to grow up to be like evil dictators or something i'm not sure <laughs> that's I not the made... type of parenting i wanted done right but i'm just saying like i don't think there's a lot yeah. of parenting games do you th- do you think it's because People who aren't parents would not be interested, and people who are parents are like, no, no, I do that in my all the day long. I don't want to do that <laughs> in a game. Maybe. <laughs> I will admit, as a as a person who is not a parent, 
that does not appeal to me. <laughs> like, I have chosen to not be a parent for a reason. I don't need it in a game. <laughs> Although, I mean, like, I've chosen not to be a lot of these professions, but the games are still fun. Like, I wouldn't want to be a farmer in real life, but I still enjoy farming games. I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> I guess yeah. for me, it's just the, the stress aspect. And <laughs> the, I think, ooh, you know what I think it is? Is that it would be theoretically easier for me to become a parent than become a lot of these professions. Oh. Maybe that it's too close. Too too, close, yeah. Yeah, like, I think that's for me, at least in my brain, where that goes. Like, it's possible this could be my real life. And technically any, like, I could study and go to, like, the police academy and become a police officer (laughs) if I really wanted to. But Mm -hmm. I, that's a lot more steps and work to do. Whereas becoming a parent is surprisingly easy to do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying parenting is easy for the record at all, but becoming a parent is reasonably easy. All right. So if you all have thoughts about games we missed or professions that you want to see as games, tweet at us or post in our Facebook thread for this episode or head over to our Board Game Geek Guild. And if we get some really interesting comments from you all, we will shout them out in the next episode. We love to hear from you all. And if you share something that's super awesome or really creative we'll let everybody else know about it maybe a game designer will hear your idea and make it happen and that's it for this week's board game blitz visit our website boardgameblitz.com for video and blog content as well as to get links to all our social media pages this episode was sponsored by gray fox games arcana rising is on kickstarter for just one more day don't miss your chance to back it now and get awesome exclusive items Looking for a different game? Get 20% off your order of all non-exclusive items sold at greyfoxgames.com by entering the promo code AUGUSTBLITZ at checkout until the end of the month. In September, use the code BLITZTIME. Greyfox Games, quality games cleverly crafted. Support our show and get cool perks for as little as $1 a month by visiting patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. As a patron, you'll get access to pre-edit recordings and our private Slack channel where you can chat with us and other players every day. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mount. Working Bliss is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, I'm at the table trying to save all, all of my points I earned with you. Bye, everyone. Bye. I'm going to actually play the upcoming two chapters in a stream in, the, in a near... In. I'm going to play the upcoming two chapters... <laughs> And there are probably other professions that the same kind of... Yeah, now she's drinking water. (laughs) Are you... Can you hear that? A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Are you done? She looked at me like, what? You put the bowl of water in here, Mom. It's your fault. (laughs) got a point. <laughs> <laughs> um.